Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Welcome to this week's episode of the Spurs Show in association with William Hill, the official betting partner of Tottenham Hotspur. Three wonderful guests, three uh, quite regulars over the years, I'm, I'm pleased to say. Uh, our first guest, and I have to apologise to Willie Morgan. He's the new voice of the lane, the man who single-handedly controlled 36,000 fans at the last game at the lane using his voiceover skills of the three C's, clarity, consistency, cleanliness. Now known for his <laughs> daily show, Paul Coity returns. Oh, my hey, God. Thank you very much. Now, over's on the pitch. Get off the pitch. Please just get off the pitch. You'll always be known for that. You'll always you know, be known for that. Moment. I know, what are the chances? No matter what you do, basically crowd control. Who would have known? God, blimey. It's amazing, Brilliant. isn't it? Fantastic. Our second guest, I've been on the show many times as well, actor, writer, comedian, and impressionist. And I highly recommend his brilliant Making an Impression podcast series. Simon Lipson returns. How are you, Simon? I'm very well, Mike. Yes, lovely to be back. It's, it's lovely to have you back. It's been a while and it's good to have you back Thank on the you. show. Finally, uh, you might remember him as MC Crazy A or one of the muddle <laughs> funksters or collapsed lung, but you'll know him for his weekly show on BBC Radio 5, Nihal Arthur Nika returns. How are you, Nihal? I'm good, Mike. It's been too long. It's been it too has long. been too long. Does anyone still remember MC Crazy A? Is it just me? <laughs> Do you know what? No, no one remembers that at all. I mean, it's a interesting. It's a weird thing when you get into middle age and you tell your kids that you used to be a rapper. <laughs> They're looking at you like, no, you didn't. Did, didn't you? Day, didn't you open for the Dave Clark Five? I'm sure you did, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. I used to, I used to do beatbox for Boney M. It wasn't Frank Varian's voice, though, with you, was it? I mean, at least, at least it was actually you. 
<laughs> That's very true. It was me. Exactly. It wasn't some German producer creating yeah. it. Yes, I was uh, I was definitely there. No, no, the, Treat um, me like a fool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, all I can say is it's great that in the in the early 90s when well, I signed record deals and all that kind of stuff, that Instagram and all that wasn't around then. So there's very little <laughs> documentary evidence of my rapping career. But, you know, it was good well, it's funny it you should say that, Nihal, because... <laughs> <laughs> you've just done a covers album yes. of my greatest rubbish music. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, my video of me on Celebrity Square still exists. Oh, um, does it really? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Who were you on oh, wow. with? Who I was you... on with June Whitfield. Um, uh, Dirty Den, uh, Chris Akabusi. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a cracking night. Yeah. Willie Rushton oh, wasn't in the middle then. He, he wasn't in was the it? middle. <laughs> strong lineup. Yeah. Very strong. Amazing. Lineup. That's fantastic. Well, we digress. We're here to talk Can about I just ask Simon a very quick question? Would yeah. you mind? So, did, were there ladders to actually get you up into the squares, <laughs> or, or were that was it like it was all faked? Because no, you know, it's it's actually got a, a whole. Well, it did have a bunch of like sort of scaffolding behind. Yeah, it. It was quite quite messy behind there, but obviously from the front it looked very flash. Uh, very flashy, but uh, sure. no, you had to. You had to. Luckily, I was in the bottom left-hand square, and Good. no one took any notice of me for the entire show. Um, but because uh, no one needed my square at all. Uh, but, oh no! Uh, yeah, but so yeah, it's 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 unfortunately you know it's the magic of TV, but the the reality is uh, never as never as glamorous. So Fire. that's that's probably why Sil Smith was always bottom row. Because he couldn't get up the, the scaffolding, presumably. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. Disgraced Rochdale MP. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm glad uh, the, the police didn't have to run did. the, 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 to the yeah. top there. Yeah, yeah. God. This is yeah. great. This is really one for the kids. Great chat to anyone. <laughs> under yeah, 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 yeah. Listening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't get this on that other podcast, do you? You don't get this. <laughs> you really don't. You really don't. Well, look, we've got to talk about Tottenham Hotspur. We've got two big games coming up, Manchester City and Ludogorets, and we'll talk about that probably in the second half. But there's only one uh, story this week for all Spurs fans. Really, really sad news. Um, with the passing of Ray Clements, uh, Ray, as you know, uh, signed for Tottenham in August 1981. For around £300,000, he went on to make 330 appearances for Tottenham. He was obviously an FA Cup winner, UEFA Cup winner for us before becoming first team coach. And obviously previously at Liverpool, five league titles, three European Cups, UEFA Cup, FA Cup. And in 11 seasons for Liverpool, he only missed six league games. Wow. Now, we're going to ask everyone about their uh, their memories of Ray. But firstly, I'd just like to play a clip. It's, I mean, it's, it's sort of done the rounds this week, and rightly so. It was that day uh, in 1982, I think it was, when he made his first return to Anfield in uh, the Tottenham top. And he had an amazing reception from the cop. Um, let's, and it really does put the hairs on your arms standing up even now. Let's, let's listen to now.
and Paul, you can talk about this in a minute. In 2014, sure. he was indicted into the Spurs Hall of Fame. Um, let's listen to this little package that came out then. There's him talking, Glenn Hoddle. I think you hear Paul as well here. And then at the end, his son, Stephen Clements. Uh, let's have a quick listen to this, uh, bring back some memories. The Hall of Fame is, is for people that uh, have given good service to the club and, and, uh, and they are special players. And Ray comes under that category. He's a, he's a world-class goalkeeper. Um, internationally and, and at club level, what he did at Liverpool, and then when he, he's come down to Tottenham and been successful here, and the amount of years that he played here, so uh, I'm delighted to see that he's been inducted tonight. Please welcome the latest inductee into the Tottenham Hotspur Hall of Fame. Please, everybody, I give you the great Ray Clement. Well, it's fantastic, you know, I mean, I think I'm the 41st member that's been actually put, inducted into the Hall of Fame and you look at those photographs downstairs uh, and there's some magnificent players there going back through the years. Um, so for me to be nominated and inducted tonight, it's just a, a very special and proud moment for myself. I felt that Ray was a, probably the, the end of the jigsaw that, that Keith Birkinshaw was looking for at the time. We, I think we. We had some wonderful midfield players, we had a great team, we had a solid defence and I think uh, we had the two strikers and Mark Falco up front, you know, Crooks, Archibald and Falco. So we, we, we really had some good goalkeepers, Mila Alexic, Barry Baines, their likes, were, were good goalkeepers. But Ray, when he came, was, was absolutely top-notch, he was at his height, I felt, as a goalkeeper. He'd done, you know, wonderful things at Liverpool. The fact that he wanted to come down and, and play for Tottenham was a great thing for us. And, and how he organised the defence and how he organised the penalty area. He was a very unselfish goalkeeper. And uh, straight away, he was very impressive. From the first training session, he demanded, that's my area, that's my area. I expect you to deal with that area to the defenders, to the centre. And the clarity that he brought was excellent. And you could think, you, you sat back and you thought, wow, this fellow knows what he's, what he's on about. And he was the, probably the end of the jigsaw that then made us go on and get more success. I'm talking about careers, obviously, um, he's been a great role model for me to look up to. He'd be the first person I'd speak to after the game and, and want his approval, if you like, to see if I, how he thought I'd done. Um, so um, I'd often look up to the stand as I was walking in after a game, he'd be up there and he'd either give me a little nod, then I, I knew I'd done all right, or he'd be looking away. <laughs> and I knew I was in for probably a little bit of a telling off. Congratulations, about time as well. <laughs> it might have been done a few years ago, I would imagine, um, because he was that sort of quality. But no, congratulations, well done, and it was um, you know well deserved. Paul, let's uh, start with you. You obviously yep. worked with him a lot uh, yes. at Tottenham. Uh, tell us about the man that you knew. Um, really incredible. I've been talking about him a lot over the last, obviously over the last couple of days. And, and when someone when someone passes away, you'll always get the same thing of what a wonderful person they were and whether they thought that or not. But, but with Ray, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I've never met anybody like him. Um, from what he was going through, it's like 15 years, uh, I think it was since he was first diagnosed with prostate cancer. And he came through that. 
and then is in remission, and then it came back again. And I, I remember speaking to a lot over the last 10 years or so. And then you'd get days where he'd come in, and he'd had chemo the day before, but he'd always insist on coming in, and never would he ever complain about it. Um, he'd never say, I'm not feeling very well. He'd never say, look, you know, can I, I don't really want to walk much around the stadium. He would just come in, and he loved coming in. And um, I, honestly, I... I uh, the right, actually, this was back in um, in September, um, and when I heard that he was he was unwell again, and this was obviously um, when he was he was really unwell, and I'd heard from the other boys, from some of the other players, that you know he he wasn't so good. So yeah, I just sent, and I've got it, I've got it here, and I just sent a WhatsApp uh, message to him, and I just put, Ray, I hear you're unwell at the moment. I just want to say, and I really meant it, because I really wanted him to know that. Mm. Say what an inspiration you are. It's an honour to know you keep fighting, uh, and I look forward to saying two Nobel Peace Prizes and an Oscar introducing his Spurs again before too long. Get well soon, Coity. Because when I used to introduce him, I used to say how much he'd won, and sort of say, you know, he's won this, he's won that, and we did that. That was the running joke. And he, and he just put, thanks, Coity. I'll keep fighting. Hopefully, see you in the new season from Clem. And obviously, it, it wasn't to be, and that, that was that was last. Um, a message I, I have from him. And I know that uh, people like Paul Miller, Glenn, uh, John Lacey and Ozzy kept in contact with him right towards the end. I know they went to see him only a couple of days ago, only a week ago. Um, but an incredible player, uh, just so great for Spurs for when he came in. I think of all the, all the goalkeepers that we'd have over the years. And and then it, we had Milio Alexic and then Mark Kendall, etc. He came in, just shored everything up. But as a man, an absolutely fantastic man, a lovely fella, and a real true winner as well. You know, if you played golf with him, if you made, if you know, tried to cheat, which which obviously I, I would do quite a lot, uh, he wouldn't stand for any of that. And uh, but a, a, an absolutely fantastic man, a huge huge loss uh, to the Spurs family, without yeah. doubt. Absolutely, Nihal. I mean. What are your memories of a kid uh, watching him? Because I think you're a little bit younger than me, but probably started going around the same kind of age as me. What were your memories? Because, I mean, he really was... I, I remember him when he was obviously at Liverpool. Uh, my first memory of him was the 74 Cup final, which uh, Liverpool won 3-0. He was... He kind of had it all as a keeper, I think. He was very lithe, very agile. One of the first ones I remember what you call a kind of, you know, sweeper keeper was great at coming out and clearing it. What were your early memories of, of, of him, Nihal? Do you know what, um, Mike? My memories of him probably aren't as good as something that happened just four years ago with him. You know, um, we were at Spurs and I was with my boy, he was nine then. Mm. And I remember it was May 2016. We were playing Southampton. Sonny scored. We went up and they ended up, I think they, yeah, in the 70-something minute, they went 2-1 up and the game ended 2-1 to them after we'd gone ahead. And my son was, he was distraught. He was crying. He was really oh. upset about it, right? My little boy. And and this, this man, I just heard this man behind us just really very robustly asking the stewards, can you get a glass of water? Can you get a glass of water? Can you get a glass? And like really insistent. And, and he, and he leant over between the two of us and he said, this is for your little boy. Is he okay? Is he okay? And just the warmth that he exuded, it was like you had your granddad behind you. I mean, he was mm. so concerned that my son was upset that we'd lost. Mm. And it, to me, it, because all the playing stuff I can I can talk about, but that just what a, a a gentle, warm, compassionate human being 
he was, you know, and he was there. And my son obviously didn't know who he was. And I said, I said, that is Ray Clements, you know. Once my son had calmed down and he drank yeah. his glass of water and, and Ray kept saying, is he okay? Is your boy all right? And he, you know, patted him on the shoulder and was like, are you all right, son? And I just thought, what a guy, you know, mm. what a brilliant human being. I mean, this is greatness, right? This isn't someone who is, uh, uh, who's kind of come into Tottenham's life and then left again. He's greatness personified. I mean, a guy, another testament to it was when, when we were talking about it on social media, the amount of Liverpool fans who said, you know, he returned to Liverpool in the Spurs and got stand innovation. Yeah, which we just heard, absolutely. Yeah, amazing. Exactly, right? You know, that's that kind of energy, obviously, that he exuded, that calmness, that, I mean, I just thought, someone said a brilliant story on Twitter about him talking to the fans while mm. the game was on, mm. and there's an attack happening. I, mean, he, I think it was against Arsenal or something, and he... And the fans are shouting at him to get back into the goal. He's like talking to yeah, the fans. We were 4 0 up. That's right. We were 4 0 up at the that's time. That's it. That's right. 4 0 up. That's yeah. right. Someone tweeted this. I just thought, that's amazing. And didn't he get back into the goal and save, and yeah, save yeah. it or something? Yeah. I mean, that's. Can you imagine Hugo Lloris just standing there having a chat with everyone? And then they're going, Hugo, Hugo, Aubameyang, incoming. It's behind you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Simon, Simon, yeah. we had, um, we did a show during this sort of early lockdown. We, we sort of, we, all, all the listeners out there sort of gave their sort of greatest Spurs 11. And uh, fans of a certain age said Pat Jennings, greatest Tottenham goalkeeper. Younger fans who didn't know Jennings and Clements went um, with Hugo Lloris, but sort of fans who kind of grew up uh, seeing Tottenham in the 80s, mm. pretty much all went Ray Clements. Where would you put him uh, in, 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 in the sort of lineup of great Tottenham goalkeepers? It, it's hard to, to you know, there's, there's nothing between the pair of them. And I, it's, incidentally, I go back much further than all of you, um, sadly. But uh, <laughs> you mentioned the 74 Cup final. I was there. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, as a Liverpool fan. And um, my, I, we moved to Liverpool when I was a young boy, very young. Right. And my dad used to get tickets for Anfield. So we, we'd go. And that's kind of when I was becoming you know, kind of interested in football just after the we winning the World Cup. So we go every week and they used to have a goalkeeper there called Tommy Lawrence, who was a huge barrel of a man. Mm. And they called him the flying pig. And um, wow. the, the wow. flying pig, he was very good, actually, he was incredibly agile, given given his uh, his portliness. But they bought Clements a little, a little while before that. And he then... A different era. A, a different, different era, era. absolutely. <laughs> um, in came Clements. Um, and suddenly they had this athlete, you know, mm. live. He was elastic. Yes. And he... A wonderful reaction keeper, but he also came for, came for crosses. He was... He had everything. The only thing he couldn't do was kick. He could not get the ball from a goal kick to halfway. Uh, he overcame that eventually, obviously. And uh, when he came to Spurs, it was like a, a, you know, having had a few dodgy keepers since Pat Jennings, mm. Barry Danes, and he was the, you know, the great reserve. Everyone said he should be playing for England, but he's in the Spurs reserves. No one's ever seen him. And then when we saw him, 
we realised why he was in Spurs reserves. Um, then there was Alexic. There was uh, Kendall. Kendall, yeah. yeah. Um, Clements was of a whole different order. He was, mm. you know, because he was the first keeper for a, a, a three or four years who matched uh, Jennings in probably every department. I mean, I suppose Jennings was, I suppose he. It probably better coming for crosses. He could catch a ball with, you know, with mm. a couple of fingers, you know. But I've always felt Clements, uh, and this is a entirely personal view, was the better all-round keeper. I thought mm-hmm. he probably was a slightly better reaction saver uh, of a ball. I thought he uh, was equally good. You know, he he would come for stuff. He was great one-on-one. That was one of his great gifts. Um, you know, you, he would close his his uh, uh, because he was quick. Because he was agile, even at 33, 34, when he came to us, you he would still get out and, and get down to the, the feet of the incoming attacker, fearless. Mm. Um, so having watched all of, you know, Pat Jennings all through, I started going to Spurs in 1970. Mm. Um, and so I saw a lot of Jennings and having seen a lot of Clements, uh, I, I would say Clements edges it, but there's probably nothing in it. It's interesting, uh, Paul. I mean, I was mm. thinking to Rob Eason earlier, and we were trying. We were, you know, we, I was asking about sort of memories, and we kind of said, you know, sweeper keeper. And yeah. uh, I saw Graham Souness was in one of the papers talking about that. And I remember players like Set Meyer, West Germany, were doing it. And Rob was going, "Well, I remember Barry Danes. Barry Danes ah, used to sort of yes. come out a lot." I said, "Well, the only one we remember Mansfield. was Mansfield Town yeah. away. <laughs> came out and it went under his foot and rolled into the net. I mean." <laughs> Clements, had, Clements, in fairness, had a couple of ricks. His debut for Tottenham against Aston Villa, charity shield at Wembley. He dropped the ball for Wyth to score. There's the famous one for England against Scotland when the ball went through his legs. But in such a long career. Yeah. And there was one against um, Barcelona, the Battle of White Hart Lane, 81-82, when Barcelona kicked us off the pitch. I remember he kind of threw one into the net uh, in that, that extraordinary night in the lane. But you can literally, I think you can literally count them on one hand. And as I said there for Liverpool, he missed six league games in 11 years. For mm. us, he then played another 300 games. And my memory of him, a bit like Jennings as well, there was a calmness about him. Mm. You look at people like Pickford now and other goalkeepers, they seem so sort of tetchy and, and sort of you know, frayed nerves. He was incredibly calm, Clemens, and he never stopped talking either. That's correct. See, see, the thing is that that's the most important thing um, is that he was very, very loud. I always, from from the Ray that I've known, and, and like Nihal said, you know, is that he's the gentleman, a uh, lovely, you know, lovely man, and you think would help anybody. But um, he was a completely different animal when it came to actually playing sport and when he was actually on the pitch. Um, right. I was, I had Phil Neal on my show on um, on Monday, and we, you know, we had Glenn on and uh, we had Pat on, and Phil was Phil Neal was talking about his days at Liverpool and he made a really good point and said that the way he would run out and he would do this sweeper keeping, if he was in goal. Um, for the hand of God incident when Shilton came out and he said, Clemens, I think, or maybe Paul Miller that said this, he would have clattered him. He mm. w- uh, Maradona would have been on the floor and probably wouldn't have woken up for another five minutes and wouldn't have ever even got his hand anywhere near that because he was so quick off his line yes, and he was. saw everything straight away. And, it, and it's funny when you mentioned the Barry Danes thing, so I remember that as a kid and I remember mm. thinking, he's got that from Ray Clements because Ray would always, any sign <laughs> yeah. of danger, he would run out. Yes. Very old Danes, he bless him, has gone running out. Slipped over the ball and then the forward came round and knocked the ball in. But uh, it was having a go at, at being Ray Clements. But 
But Ray uh, was was a fantastic hit, and he was just what we needed at the time. And, and there was one other very quick thing, and there was, of course, all those rumours about why he left Liverpool, and we've all heard the, the few different stories. And once I got to know him a bit better and, hmm. and said, look, all these stories, you know, between, is, is it true? Is there anything? And he said, I'll be absolutely honest with you. And there was the story that they'd won the European Cup playing for Liverpool and he was in the dressing room and he had champagne in a paper cup and he just, and he said, I felt nothing. And I felt absolutely nothing. So um, he was decided he'd need a new challenge, came to Spurs and then um, of course won, won the FA Cup first season playing for Tottenham. So I said, that must have really pissed you off because you got on one something again and so you got to sit there with your champagne. But he said it was a new, it was a, it was a, just a brand new challenge and it was something that he absolutely loved and he absolutely adored Spurs as well. Yes, absolutely. But I mean, he did come in and I mean, Hoddleston, the early clip, he, he he was the sort of final piece in the jigsaw. And the fact that, you know, that very long season in 82, um, you know, when we were so close to everything, lost the League Cup to Liverpool yeah. and then obviously then beat QPR. When, when you look at old interviews, he said that was actually one of his proudest moments, that 82 uh, FA Cup win because it, that was such a good Spurs team uh, and to win something was was really, really important. And it was bizarre again when you go forward to 84, uh, the UEFA Cup campaign, he was brilliant in the previous rounds. I remember one game by Munich away, I think we lost 1-0, but he kept us in that tie and I think we went back to White Hart Lane and beat them 2-0 or something like that. He then got injured. He did his tendons and his fingers. I think it was against Fulham in an FA Cup game, which mm. then meant he was out. And then Tony Parts came in for the semis against Hadjuk Splits, if you remember. I think it was a draw over there. Mickey Hazard scored the winner. And it was incredible that Keith Bergershaw played with Clements in um, Scunthorpe all those years back, incredibly. And you thought that Ray Clements, you know, what a player would come straight back in then for, for you know, the, 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 certainly the final and didn't. He was kept to the bench, but he didn't seem to mind it, maybe because he'd won so much mm. beforehand. He was there. He was arm around Tony Park. He looked absolutely delighted that, you know, I suppose it's the old goalkeeping union that Parks did so well. But a lot of other players would be quite bitter not to play in such a huge game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, years on, he got he, sorry. He got Tony Parks to to join him uh, in the England setup. So when he was goalkeeping coach, then he, it was him that brought Tony Parks along. So they even stayed close after that. Interesting. Yeah. Nee, how do you... in, in thirty-five years, if we're doing this and we ask Lucas Mora how he felt to be benched in the final of the Champions League after scoring that trick, I wonder what he would say many years ago. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, well, that's it. So, uh, yeah, th- thanks for your thoughts there. Let's go to a very quick break. And when we come back, we're going to look ahead. Finally, the Premier League returns on Saturday. Massive game against Manchester City. Back after this short break. And we're back for the break. Uh, don't forget, you can uh, get a Spurs show season ticket. Come to one of our monthly events, which hopefully will resume in the new year. Go to season.spurshow.net for additional premium Spurs show content, including a daily Spurs new show, uh, which is now in audio or visual versions. Match reports, interview the ex-players, much more. Go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. And uh, William Hill, uh, you know, partnering with this season. Here's some interesting stats since the, uh, while, while the international break is 
been going on. We're currently second in the league. Uh, William Hill currently offering Spurs eight to one for the title. 17 to 2 for the FA Cup. The League Cup, we're now second favourites. We've got Stoke City on December the 23rd in the quarters, 7 to 2. And Europa League, we're now favourites for the Europa League at 11 to 2. To get on any of those, go to williamhill.com or if you haven't already, download the app. Paul, what about those? I mean, we're going to win all four. Just hearing you talking, <laughs> we're going to win all four. Well, I mean, we were 66 to 1 before the season with William Hill <laughs> yeah. in the Premier League. 8 to 1. I mean, again, it's in special Spurs show parlance, too early, you think? Too early to be getting carried away? Or do you uh, think this Man City game is such a key game to see where we where we position ourselves possibly for the rest of the season? Oh, yeah, it's huge. Of course it is. It's, it's absolutely huge. And, and it's... We're just doing the things that we well. I mean, we, we I hate to use the old winning ugly phrase, but but we we're managing to grind those results out. When we look good, we look fantastic. Um, I, I've just got that feeling and that old Spursy thing that is something going to happen now, and we can't be there. Obviously, apart from Nihal, who's going to be there, but to see it. But um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I I I'm very quietly confident. It's a strange season and it would just suit us to do something. I think we're going to learn a lot over these next few games. I think Man City, I think they're going to come and try and play against us. And I, I, I honestly, honestly think that we're going to we're going to do them over because I think they hate playing us. Uh, City, I really do. Well, Simon, I mean, if you remember mm. last season, they played us off the park. We beat them 2-0. They missed yep. the penalty. Zinchenko was sent off. We've got the same referee this time around as well, Mike Dean. I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, we've got uh, Chelsea uh, the following week away. Man City home, Chelsea away, Arsenal home coming up. These three league games are key, aren't they, I think, to where we might end up the rest of the season. Would you agree? They are. It's 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 kind of we 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 poodled along. We've mucked it up against West Ham and Newcastle. We've struggled through with against Burnley, Brighton, etc. Um, it's, so it's very hard to know which Spurs is going to turn up for the yeah. for these. Yeah, you know, we, we obviously we we clobbered Man U, but they, had a, they were a man down. But I think I think we might have clobbered them anyway. Yeah. Um, so we we know what we're capable of. Um, some some of our attacking play, uh, perhaps not in recent matches, but earlier on, has been stunning. Really, um, it's a question of whether you know which which Spurs is he going to send out, Mourinho? Is it is it going to be let's let's get a goal and and try and hang on to it, or is it let's go for them? Because I don't think City are, are quite the team. Well, they're not, are they? They're nowhere near the team they were yeah. a year or two ago. Uh, defensively, I think they can be got at, uh, but. Yes. So can we, with Aurier possibly having to deal with either or both of uh, Mares and uh, Sterling. You know, it's it's in the balance. But as you, we've done quite well against them uh, on the whole over the last few years, and I I can see a positive result against City. Um, Arsenal is just always a one-off. You never know. They're 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 not great, but you know, it's it's a derby. So who knows what can happen. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, a bit of a bet noir for us over the years, but again, oh, it, it depends what Mourinho's mindset is. We've got the players to rip defences apart, and I don't care what defence you're talking about, we can do that. Um, it's a question of whether he, you know, he lets people like uh, Ndombele run free, you know, just go and do your thing. Bale, is he going to explode? Mm. Um, you know, I, 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 I hate trying, you know, hate making predictions because. Spurs always 
buggy you up, don't they? One but I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask hmm. you one shortly. Yeah. Now, Nihao, you're very, very lucky because you're doing something for the club. You're going to be there with your son on Saturday. Uh, that's going to yeah. be a very, very weird experience, isn't it? It's going to be an incredibly strange experience. <laughs> you know, just the journey there alone. I mean, we come in from the northwest of England. We come from Manchester into Euston. It's a very straightforward journey on the Victoria Line, straight up Seven Sisters, get on the overground and, and get involved. And and a, we're going to get a seat. B, I'm not going to be pressed into someone's armpit for uh, for much of the journey. But that's going to be weird. The, the build-up, the energy is just not going to be there. And essentially, I might as well be in a very, very grandiose version of Hackney Marshes, right? I mean, just standing there. There'll probably be, what well, I don't know, even... Will there be even 300 people in a 60,000 That's about the number with all the sort of, yeah, it's around that yeah. number of journalists and everything. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So it's going to be a very strange experience. And, I mean, my son is one of two Spurs fans in his whole year at his wow. school in Manchester. So he is, I mean, you can imagine what he was like after we hammered Manchester United. Oh, I mean, I, to, I told him to be a little bit humble and he was like, absolutely not. He said, I'm Quite going right. there roasting all of them. And, right. and weirdly enough, this is an interesting thing about his age group. And I don't know if this goes along for, for or it's because we live up here, but he's, he finds it quite confusing how obsessed I am with Arsenal. You know, mm. the shard of Freud I get with, mm. he's just like, I don't care. He's like Man City. For him, it's Man City. He, wow. And maybe that's because he lives up here and he's been surrounded by yeah. really arrogant Man City fans for the last four years. Yeah. Or it's just that he just sees Arsenal as this kind of mid-table <laughs> mediocrity that he really doesn't need to be concerned about. He's, he's just like, you know. And I said, that, I said, thankfully for you, son, you didn't have to see the Invincibles. Like, you didn't have yeah. to see that. Like, I had to experience that. So it's, there, there, there are deep scars uh, yeah. about this. But, yeah, going to the gra- ground without anyone in it is going to be a very, very strange experience. Yeah. Paul, I mean, I mean, Simon was talking about how the game might go. Yeah. You can see them having a lot of possession because that's how Manchester City play. And mm. Jose prefers men behind the ball, do on the break. If you remember last season, Bam Bam, Stephen Bergwijn scored that great goal on yeah. his debut. Now, international break, Matt Doherty's come back, uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah. He misses the game. Gareth Bell played a full 90 minutes, which is really, really good for Wales. Ben Davis, uh, thankfully, suspended. He can't play the next Wales game. England going out of the Nation Leagues, you think that Harry Kane will not play in this ridiculous game yeah, against Iceland. So apart from Doherty and Tanganga's now training again, you kind of think we've he's got a very strong squad to pick from, hasn't he? Oh, absolutely. But, but like what Simon said, and, and it is... You, you you don't know what Spurs you're going to get because we've always said that um, as long as we've been watching them, you just don't know what Spurs are going to turn up. I mean, it's I, I think eventually, I think as time goes on and uh, the Mourinho reign continues, we will then get more used to a Spurs as what we will expect. But I still think it's not completely settled down now because, I mean, for crying out loud, we've gone to Manchester United 1-6-1. It almost seems like when we think about it now, it's all a bit of a dream that that actually happened at all. <laughs> then... Um, uh, of course, you know uh, West Ham and the uh, and the Newcastle and these 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 silly results. I I just think I think we're going to be fine. I really do. I'm I'm very confident. I and mean, if you just look at the talent that we've got in that side at the moment, and every space is now being filled with decent talent. Whereas before, yeah. we think we really need someone here, and it's and and and, and it's going to take time. And, and Mourinho has done that. And I think that's what I really enjoyed about when we watched the um, the Amazon documentary. 
is that I think most fans would have looked at it and thought, he thinks exactly the same as I think, because all the things he's going, oh, you know, you're not doing this and you're not doing that. And you think he does see what we see. Well, of course he does. But yeah. it seems that things are being done about it. And um, I'm just really excited. And I, like, like, like we say, I mean, these are huge games and we're going to learn a lot, I think, uh, over these next three games. Yeah, and then talking about uh, COVID-19, on Thursday we've got Ludogrets. They've had a massive outbreak of COVID-19 in their squad. Uh, I read a few days ago, 12 of them uh, are in self-isolation. Uh, they had to come out self-isolation the day they travel. So you kind wow. of suspect it's a game that should have been pretty straightforward has become even more straightforward uh, because they're going to have a lot of unfit players there, bottom of the league. It kind of means that I know we always go, he's got to rotate the squad, but he could probably, Simon, go even weaker against Ludogorets, knowing that we've got Chelsea the following weekend. Well, exactly. I mean, they weren't much cop at full strength. So, yeah. um, you know, we it really ought to be an opportunity to say, right, you know, we're going to win this with whatever 11 we put out. Let's save our... Uh, our big stars for Chelsea, because that's going to be a, a hell of a game and a tough one. Um, so you, you can imagine him. I mean, I imagine there'll still be three or four of the core 11, you know, around, and I'm sure he'll keep a few on the bench just in case, but you can't see them giving us any difficulties. I'm, I'm, and as you say, with so many players, you know, just about crawling out of bed or, you know, coming back from, isolating, you know, to try and play a match against, uh, you know, a, a, a pretty good Spurs side, which whoever we put out there, I can't see a problem with that. And as much as I hate to predict scores, I reckon we'll, that'll be a three or four, something like that. Three or four nil. And what's your mm. prediction for the Man City one? Simon, give us a score prediction. Ooh. Well, my, my head says one all, um, mm. but obviously I'm a Spurs fan, so I'm a hopeless optimist. Um, uh, two nil Spurs. Paul, what do you reckon? <laughs> Man City, Ludogorets. Uh, Ludogorets. I think three nil. I think whoever we we put out, we're three nil. Are we going to make? Are we going to make heavy weather of it though? Are we going to have uh, uh, all the big boys on the bench, and then it's just not happening, and then he's going to put some on? I don't know. I think I think we'll be all right with that one. So I reckon uh, I reckon we'll score three. There, I reckon three nil for that one. And Man City. Uh, I think seven nil actually. Yes. I think with. with <laughs> Listen, we're going to score three. I don't know how many they're going to get, but I, we are going to score three against Man City. I rank three-one. Fantastic, Niha. What do you reckon? What are your? I mean, you're going to be there. What, what's your prediction for the Man City and Ludovic's uh, games? I, I, I two nil would be great against Man City. So um, would. It, it's, it, that would be fantastic. I mean, it's interesting to see how our psychology will change from that kind of grinding out, as, mm. as you were saying beforehand, mm. those one nil wins to, to you can't, cause you can't just sit back and soak them up. Can you They've no. got just a, too much talent there to, to do that? So I, I, I'd be, I hope that it's something where we're, we're a bit more kind of positive in the way we're playing and, and, but you know, you can't afford to be cavalier with them, but look, we were putting them to bed when they were terrifying and they're not mm. terrifying anymore. Are yeah. they? I mean, look, Leicester put five past them. Very so, true. so they're not terrifying anymore. And in fact, weirdly enough, no one in the league is anymore. Are they? Exactly. You know, Liverpool exactly. aren't terrifying right. anymore. And after what we did to Manchester United and Southampton and what we did in 18 minutes against West Ham, everyone thought we were terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we all know how that worked out. Uh, in, in the end. So I'm hoping for that. I mean, Ludogorets, yeah, I mean, we should just brush them aside. 
Um, and yeah, three nil minimum, I would have thought. I mean, you'd you'd almost be a bit disappointed if it was anything less than that, right? Because mm. now, as you pointed out quite rightly, this isn't a team where we're struggling to think, well, if that person's not playing, then we haven't got anyone there. We've got. I mean, there's there's a lot of quality on that bench mm. to come off. He doesn't need to play that the team who play against Chelsea and Arsenal. Um, in order to get a result there. But yeah, 2-0 against Manchester City, we've got, I mean, obviously, yeah, you'd love to see 5-0, wouldn't you? I mean, you'd love to see an absolute rout. But I think they'll be more nervous coming into that game than we are. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I again, agree. I think last season, I think we only had like 30% possession, uh, did them with the two goals. Uh, again, you know, they they only play one way Man City. They'll have the ball. We'll get behind the the, the, the ball. They'll try and break us down. Hopefully they won't because our defences look much tighter the last few weeks. And we know against Manchester yeah. United, when we then go forward on the break, we look amazing with Bale now getting more and more fit. Son hopefully won't get injured this afternoon against Qatar for South Korea. Harry Kane won't play against Iceland. They will be fit, raring to go. And we know we've got goals in that team. So I'm going to go with 4-2 against Man City on Saturday. Uh, 4-2? God I'm crazy. I've been drinking heavily. Is this the William Hill sponsorship here? Are you talking about the score or the odds? 4-2, four, exactly. 4-2 <laughs> and 2 nil against uh, Ludigrets, I think. I think we'll, we'll, we'll do... Uh, Ludicrous, I think. Ludicrous, <laughs> exactly. Well, gentlemen, we're, we're, sadly, uh, we, we, we've run out of time this evening. Thank you so much, Nihal, Paul and Simon, for joining us pleasure. on this Absolute week's first pleasure. show. Next Thanks, week, my pleasure. A pleasure. Next week, we've got Rob White, uh, the author of the Glory Glory game, the great Hunter Davis returns right. and uh, 417 games for Spurs, League Cup winner twice and UEFA Cup winner. And he's in the book, the Glory Glory game. Phil Bill is back on the show uh, next week. So looking forward to that. Until next week, thanks for listening. Come on, you Spurs. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.